a gun with the Florida Gators. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I was just checking to see if you were listening. From Destroyham, Louisiana. Hold on a second. Hey, guys. Hey. I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you. Momentum, excitement, energy. You know, I mean, they say all this stuff, and you know what they mean, but, you, you know, it doesn't describe what you mean. I mean, it's just sort of out there. You got barbecue back there? I was just worried about, you know, listening to, you know, all, all your guys' rap poison. Welcome to Sideline Judgment. Here are your hosts, Sergio and Tyler. Welcome to Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. Today, we are having a very interesting episode. Um, we've done these in the past before when Tyler and I haven't been able to be in the same time in terms of our schedule our schedules haven't aligned that's what i'm looking for that's the word phrase i'm looking for when our schedules haven't aligned we've had to do these kinds of episodes where i'll record one part he'll record another and then i will go back and just kind of put them together so that way you can kind of get both of our takes and all the things that we're doing and and get for the most part as close to a normal show as we possibly can so um, this is gonna be my part here Uh, i will let you know exactly when it will be changing Uh, you will hear it also you will hear tyler's voice instead of mine um, but yeah, so without further ado, I'm going to jump into this uh, podcast episode here. Uh, we'll start with what happened last week in week three. We're not going to go through the non-five wide games just because it's a bit unorthodox of a schedule, um, a bit unorthodox of an episode. So I kind of just want to make it a little bit easier on everyone. Uh, but I will say, silly season, it is off to an early start. We talked last week about Scott Frost getting out of Nebraska. Well, Herm Edwards has gotten the exact same fate over at Arizona State. He is out as Arizona State head coach. Uh, there were some NCAA violations that are pending, are still being investigated, I should say, with the NCAA in regards to early on in the pandemic. Um, so, you know, 2020, spring, summer of 2020, when no one was having recruits on campus, Arizona State was. They got caught on camera. A lot of guys took the fall, started to rat out. Herm was kind of seen as the guy who you know, he's the head coach of that program. And so it, the buck stops at him. But what was interesting was that he wasn't fired for NCAA things. He was fired because he, his team was bad. They weren't playing good football. Um, they lost on Saturday at home. And so it was kind of time. Uh, there's an interesting video out there of Herm Edwards being pulled by the Arizona State Athletic Director and someone else who's who I don't know in the video. But they're basically talking and everyone's saying, oh, is that the moment he got fired? I don't think he got fired there, but they definitely said, hey, we need to have a conversation tomorrow morning. So, yeah, that's uh, another entrance to Super Duper, the earliest silly season that we have ever had and might become the norm given um, the uh, early signing day and transfer portal and all that stuff and the logistics of being a college football head coach. So, Herm Edwards out at Arizona State joined Scott Frost, who was fired at Nebraska last week. We're going to skip those non-five wide games, but I do want to talk a little bit about the Gator game last week. Uh, Florida 31, USF 28. I I did not see this game live. I was at the FAU-UCF game where I got rained on, and it was a really good time if you take away the fact that FAU got boat raced in the second half. But the first half was great. First half was really good. FAU went out to a seven-point lead, and then it was very close. In the second half, uh, John Rice Plumley, the UCF quarterback, threw an interception. And the FAU defender took it all the way back to the one-yard line. Probably should have scored. If they would have scored, it would have been a two-point game. 
And instead, from the one-yard line, FAU did not get it on first down. They did not get it on second down. They did not get it on third down. And then I was visibly upset that FAU did not go for it on fourth down, instead opted to kick a field goal, which was subsequently blocked. So once that happened, it was it was kind of time. It was it kind of writing was on the wall, per se. So that's where I was at the time of the Florida-USF game. But I did go back and watch the game. Few things stand out to me. Specifically, yeah, AR looks a little bit, I don't want to say he looks lost, but he definitely looks like he's struggling a little bit. And to me, that's okay for now. Clearly, he's got the tools. Clearly, he's got the talent. It's just got to come and be consistent, and he needs the game reps. Um, I, I did think that the running game was a very good positive. Uh, the the three-headed three headed dog is what I'm going to be start to call it now with uh, Johnson, ETN, and Naquan Wright. Those guys were split takeaway, uh, split carries, I should say, pretty evenly. But Johnson had that, you know, super long touchdown run in the second quarter. Uh, he, he got the, the majority of the yardage and the attention and all of that. And so the running game looks good. Offensive line looks good. Running game looks good. Passing game is a different story. But as we said, that'll work itself through, I believe, by the end of the season. Uh, I don't think AR is going to be that first round pick that he was projected to be or some people, I should say. We're projecting him to be before the season started. So I think that we're going to get another season of Anthony Richardson next season with a full year starting under his belt, familiarity with the system, all of those things that I think will help us in the long term. So again, not even close to panicking on my end. Um, I have made my thoughts very clear. I wrote a, a column at GagersWire.com a few weeks ago talking about right before the season started, actually right about talking about, hey, no matter what happens this year, it's already a win because of the momentum on the recruiting trail and all the offseason stuff and just the change in culture. You can see it. You can feel it coming from that Florida locker room, from that Florida program. So in my opinion, I think that everything is going according to plan. And I just want to remind everyone, Napier told us, have some patience. So patience I will be having. Uh, defensively, and I will talk about this uh, in a bit when we talk about the Tennessee game, if Ventrell Miller's not in there, man, I don't know what's up with this defense. Uh, the defensive line was really good in the first two games of the season. And in this game, definitely didn't look like they did before. Um, it, it's it's in, it's difficult to picture the Florida Gators winning football games if Ventrell Miller is out. And he was out with, a ankle, with an ankle injury against USF. Uh, no word yet. I'm recording this on Tuesday, September 20th. No word yet on if he will be available this Saturday against Tennessee. Uh, we will see. I hope he is. Uh, and I hope he's healthy. But uh, we'll have to see on that. So those are my thoughts on that. A little underwhelming victory um, from the fan base perspective. From everyone kind of wanted, you know, Florida to boat rate boat race USF. But credit to the to the Bulls because they they did play a really good game. Uh, and if it wasn't for some special teams things, they maybe could have gone to overtime or possibly even won this game. So I, I don't think that they would. This was as, this is a better team than we thought they were going in. I'm glad that we got the win, and that that to me is isn't a moral victory. It's more so a okay, this team is now winning the games that they probably should be losing, which is a step in the right direction because we did not do that under the previous regimes, plural. So that's that on the Gators last week against USF. Let's go to five wide real quick. Uh, Oklahoma destroyed Nebraska 49 to 14. Tyler and I both got the points on that one. Um, Oklahoma, man, uh, uh, Nebraska started off strong, scored on the first drive, three and out against them. And then... uh, Dylan Gabriel on like third and seven from his own like 45 scrambled, got the first down and then just went all the way into the end zone on that run. And from there, Oklahoma just didn't look back. So, um, yeah, Nebraska, Nebraska needs needs some help. So let's see if they can get it with their next coaching hire. BYU 20, Oregon 41. Tyler picked Oregon. He got the point there. I picked BYU, so I did not. 
man, was I wrong. Oregon looked really good. And you know what happened? Oregon went up against Georgia, who is the best team in the country. Hate saying that, but we all know it's true. Georgia, they went up against Georgia. Georgia dominated as we expected them to. And I think that game really told us that, oh, Georgia's much better than everyone else. Oregon is still a really good team. They're just not at the level of Georgia. And that's okay because there are not many teams that are at the level of Georgia. They're in that tier below where they're really good teams, but just not best team in the country caliber. So, of course, they got boat raised by Georgia. They showed how good they are against BYU. And I've said it many times in this program before, good Bo Nicks or bad Bo Nicks. You don't know what you're going to get. We got good Bo Nicks this Saturday against BYU. So credit to Oregon, credit to that staff. Um, I was wrong. Tyler was right. He gets the point. Penn State 41, Auburn 12. I got the point there because I was right and Tyler was wrong. He picked Auburn. But in his defense, this was a coin flip beforehand. It was definitely not a coin flip afterwards. Man, did Penn State dominate this this uh, this game. TJ Finley, he's not the answer, man. He Brian Harson, he's not the answer. If you want to keep your job, I don't think TJ Finley can be your starting quarterback. Uh, you got Zach Calzada back there, who I don't think is a you know super duper game changer, but I think he's better than TJ Finley. So yeah, that was just a complete domination start to finish. I think the best thing or Auburn had was the first two three minutes of the game. I think it was the first drive where Sean Clifford gets laid out by the uh, Auburn linebacker. Incredible clip. If you, if you haven't seen it, look it up. It's it's, it's one of those classic college football hits. Um, so yeah, Penn State wins that one. I get the point. Michigan State 28, Washington 39. Neither of us get the points here. We both pick Michigan State. Michael Penix Jr., take a bow, my friend. It's nice to see him fully healthy. Throws for close to 400 yards, I believe. I think he had three touchdown passes and, and he looked good, man. Kalen DeBoer can coach. It, it's nice to see that, you know, the problem at Washington was very clearly Jimmy Lake, um, and they were able to rectify that before it kind of got any worse. You know, they they amputated the leg before the disease spread to the rest of the body, um, to put it in a very grotesque medical analogy. But alas, here we are. And Washington looked good, man. The Huskies looked good. They were moving. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to see this Washington team moving forward. This is good news for Tyler, who's always been like a, a Washington soft spot. You know, bad news for me in my short-lived Arizona State fandom with Herm Edwards, but Tyler's Washington fandom, it, it lives on. It continues to live on. Happy for you, my guy. Uh, and then the last one in five wide, Miami, nine. Yes, that's right, a single-digit score number. Uh, Texas A&M, 17. Neither of us get the points. We both picked Miami. You know what? I should have known better. I should have known better. Uh, Mario Cristobal is going to Mario Cristobal. Really, I mean, anytime that you can kick a field goal down two scores to make it still a two-score game in the fourth quarter, you take advantage. Of course you do. You do that. You you absolutely take advantage. Um, it's crazy because, like, you look at the stat sheet, and it was very much like Miami completely dominated. It, just on the stat sheet, right? Miami completely dominated in terms of yards, in terms of completions, in terms of all of those types of things. And Texas A&M scored the points. Like, this is one of those... Uh, I feel I feel like, uh, you know, the, the he can't keep getting away with this in regards to Jimbo Fisher, but he keeps getting away with this man. Uh, eventually, it's going to that's the thing with A&M, right? They're good enough and the system they run is good enough to get them eight to nine wins a year. But when you're paying someone the GDP of a small country to coach your football team, you're expecting national championships. And Texas A&M running that offense is not expected to do national championships. They also had like three five-star uh five-star former five-star players out due to a violation of team rules rumor is that they just went out the night before missed curfew and all that and had to miss the game like there's just a lot going on in in college station and they sneak this one 
I sneak by this one in uh, Miami. Listen, I know it's only it's year one of the Mario Cristobal experience, but that off that's what you're gonna do offensively. And we've all told you. Uh, and let me remind you that Mario Cristobal was the head coach. And even though Tyler and I still blame Marcus Arroyo, Mario Cristobal was the head coach who had Justin Herbert and did not win more than ten games. So there you go. Uh, Neither of us get the points today. We picked Miami. For our two points, uh, Tyler picked LSU over... I'm sorry, Mississippi State over LSU. He was wrong on that one. LSU 31 and Mississippi State 16. And I picked North Dakota State over Arizona. And I almost got it, guys. 31 to 28, they fell. Um, Again, a PSA. Power five teams. Don't schedule North Dakota State. Let me phrase this. FBS teams don't schedule North Dakota State. You could be Marshall. You could be... Charlotte and don't do not schedule South North Dakota State just don't do it so Arizona sneaks by on that one and looks like uh, Arizona may be in a better position than Arizona State which was a wild statement to say just 18 months ago but here we are score to date Tyler has 13 points and I have eight Gator game next week it is the CBS 3:30 game of the week it is also where college game day will be uh, another rare twofer. I think the last time that happened was the game that Tyler and I were at, the Auburn game, um, where uh, Florida beat Auburn, and it was also the site of game day in Gainesville. Great time. So game day will be in Knoxville for this game. Steve Spurrier is going to be the guest picker, which is just incredible because if you know Steve Spurrier, not only um, is he the legendary uh, head ball coach for the Florida Gators, the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback for the Florida Gators, but he is a Tennessee son. He's a Tennessee native. And the, you know, there's the story goes that Tennessee passed on him in terms of scholarships and he has never forgiven them and has held that spiteness. Uh, if you saw Atlanta last week, he's very much like Ern. He's holding that spice, uh, spite. So there's that, that, that joke is for my brother and maybe Tyler, if he's seen Atlanta yet, I don't know, but definitely for the Atlanta fans, Steve Spurrier gives me a lot of Ern from Atlanta vibes. So uh, what am I looking for in this game? I'm, I'm again, if if Ventrell Miller can play defense, I'm a lot more confident. Uh, we need to realize that the Tennessee offense is Josh Heupel's offense, which is very designed to be very fast paced, designed to be up tempo, designed to score points, go downfield, go, 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 all gas, no breaks. Whereas the Florida offense, uh, Billy Napier is really turning it into a slower, more methodical offense, which is fine. That's OK. Um the issue there is what happens if Tennessee scores 14 points, right, in a span of six minutes and the Gators just can't respond to that? Can the Gators catch up to that, right? Can can the Gators defense get off the field and can the Gators offense stay on the field so that they can give that defense a break because they're going to get gassed? And again, if Ventron Miller's playing, I'm a bit more confident on the defensive side of the ball. If not, I'm a little bit more skeptical. This is definitely a game, though, regardless of if Miller plays or not, that the young Florida secondary is going to get tested. I'm looking for Jason Marshall Jr. to go out there and to have a really great game and shut down some players. I'm looking for that young defense, young secondary to go out there and, you know, defend uh, the the airways and the airspace. That stadium's going to be rocking. Tennessee's looking good this year. Uh, I think the Gators have won, I want to say something like 13 out of the last 14 matchups, like this isn't really a rival. This this is more of a dominance right now in terms of the Gators over Tennessee. But this definitely has the ability to. This game definitely has the vibes and the the chance to flip it right on GatorsWire.com. I pick Tennessee, right? I hope I'm wrong, but I I pick Tennessee because of those pace reasons that I laid out to you. Um, 
let's try to run the football. I'd love to see ETN get a lot of touches. I think he's our most dynamic back. I like Naquan Wright. He's very consistent. And I like Montreal Johnson. He's just not very, he's just not, doesn't have that top end speed that the other guys have, especially ETN. So let's see what happens. And Richardson, big question mark, right? Is he going to be able to survive in in a big road test? Uh, He looked really good in that LSU game for most of it last season when he was trusted to go out there. So on the road in a hostile environment. So let's hope, you know, he can do the same thing when he's going into Nayland Stadium, which is going to be um, a very tough atmosphere to play in. So that's what I'm looking for. I think Tennessee wins. Uh, I am hoping that I am wrong, though. For five wide this week, we got number five Clemson taking on number 21 Wake Forest. It's a noon kickoff on ABC. For this game, I actually I have Clemson, even though I think this might be a bit more of a high scoring game. Uh, do we see DJ get benched at some point? I do not know. Uh, I think he played better last week than he has in weeks prior, but uh, ultimately this does come down to talent. And while Clemson may not have the quarterback talent that it's had in the past, it definitely still has um, the defensive talent. It definitely still has the line talent. And uh, as much as I like Wake Forest, I just think that this is a game that Clemson is kind of set up to win. So I'll, I'll take Clemson. I'll be safe here. Um, and uh, I'll try to regain some some point difference because I am down five points in the total game. So next we got Maryland taking on number four, Michigan. It's a noon kickoff on Fox. Uh, both of these teams are undefeated. Maryland is running a very fun offense with Talia Tagovailoa, who, by the way, is the brother of Tua Tagovailoa, which, if you guys weren't aware, is him. Six touchdowns, 469 yards. Nice. Come from behind, 21-point comeback in the fourth quarter against the Ravens. Looking incredible. I've been on this bandwagon. You listeners, you know that I've been on this Tua train for uh, for years. You know it, and it just feels so good to be vindicated. Okay, rant over, fins up, sorry. Back to the game. Talia Tagovailoa, quarterback for Maryland, Tua's brother, uh, he's got an arm, man, and they got that five-star um, wide receiver who decided to stay in-state in Maryland and play for them. So they got some talent. I think Michigan wins this football game because I do think Michigan is a very, very, very good football team, in my opinion. Um, I think the the top three teams right now are uh, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, and then right there, Michigan. And I think that's a perfectly appropriate place for them. For, it's a really easy schedule for Michigan. It's a matter of can they beat Ohio State again, which <laughs> Ohio State revenge here, man. We'll see how that goes. But for this specific game, um, I felt Maryland undefeated playing well offensively at least uh, deserve to be in five wide so I'll put them here even though I will be taking excuse me even though I will be taking Michigan James Madison against App State 330 kickoff on ESPN plus on the streaming service Uh, I put this game here because James Madison they are in their first season in FBS a traditional FCS power uh, consistently deep playoff runs for them they are now coming up, and this used to be an old rivalry, right? J- JMU and App State used to be a rivalry back in the in the uh, in the aughts and nineties in, in FCS football, and, and there's a lot of history here. Uh, JMU still has a team. I know they're transitioning; they're not eligible for postseason play, they're not eligible for the Sun Belt Championship, but they are playing a full Sun Belt schedule. Um, next year, they will be eligible for all of those things, but this year they are not eligible. I think this is going to be one of the more fun games. That we'll see. I think App State wins because they're on a roll, man. Um, I know they had that close win to, uh, against Troy last week, but look at look at the excitement that they had. They had game day last week. Um, it's going really well in Boone right now, and I think that they are the best team in the Sun Belt East. 
and possibly in the Sun Belt. So I will be taking App State. I think they win the conference this season. I, I'm just glad that we were able to get this like nice rivalry game that has this like legendary status at the, at the FCS level. We're now going to be get, able to get that in the Sun Belt at the FBS level, um, at the first division level, in arguably, the, arguably I say, uh, the most exciting group of five conference that we have. So 330 Eastern on ESPN Plus, I'll take App State. Minnesota against Michigan State, 3.30 Eastern on the Big Ten Network. So Tyler, being in the Big Ten market, has the ability to watch this. He absolutely does not. Uh, Minnesota, Michigan State. Minnesota's undefeated. Michigan State's coming off of that loss to Washington. I'm going to go with the Gophers here. If you look at offensive efficiency numbers, um, and I know I don't, I know not everyone is you know analytics people, but I do work in sports analytics. Uh, Minnesota's got a really efficient offense this season. Uh, granted, I mean... I mean, have they really played anybody? It's a great question, Sergio. Why don't you uh, why don't you take a look and pull up the schedule? Um, okay, I got the schedule right here. Do I have the schedule right here? I'm stalling. Great podcasting, Sergio. Okay, yeah. Okay, so they blanked New Mexico State 38 to nothing, Western Illinois 62 to 10, and Colorado last week 49 to 7. Which, if you follow Colorado, they might be the next domino. Uh, in terms of silly season and having a coach fall, uh, coaching opens, uh, coaching availability um, emails being sent out. So all three games have been at home. All three games have been dominated. This is their first home road test. They're heading to East Lansing to play them. Three uh, thirty kickoff. In my opinion, I like Michigan State. I do, and I think that they this game has the potential of getting got right. Meaning, you know, they might be. This might be the one that kind of messes messes everything up um for michigan state dropping two in a row letting last week beat you i'm gonna go with minnesota i want to see this offense tested against um much better competition definitely the best competition they've seen this season so far um but i'll take minnesota in this one they got a bunch of guys returning it's a very veteran veteran heavy team tanner morgan still the quarterback so they got all their – Ibrahim is back. They're running back last year that went out with an injury who was looking good. So I'll take Minnesota for that reason. So, And the last game in five wide is a big SEC matchup. Uh, number 10 ranked Arkansas versus number 23 ranked Texas A&M. This game will be at Jerry World, I believe. Um, it'll be at Jerry World. It is a 7, 7 o'clock excuse me, kickoff on ESPN. Um, yes, it is a Jerry World on ESPN. I'm going to go with Arkansas for all the reasons that you guys already know in regards to my opinion of Jimbo Fisher. I think that Sam Pittman is a better coach. I think that they have a better system. Uh, I do think AM has the better players. They have, they have more talent for sure, but I think they have a better system and are going to be able to pick, uh, pick apart Texas A&M, in my opinion. It's going to be a fun, close game, but... Ultimately, the Razorbacks will come out victorious, in my opinion. And come on, this is an Arkansas podcast, so what, am I going to pick against them? No, of course not. So I'll take Arkansas for sure. And then for two-point, here's my two-point of the week. I'm putting this first. I do not know what Tyler's two-point is going to be, so here's mine. I'm taking Cincinnati over Indiana. It's a 330 kickoff on ESPN2. That game is being played in Indiana, so Cincinnati's the road team. Uh, I think this is where they get kind of, you know, uh, get their revenge against power five teams, right? Cause they lost against uh, Arkansas, but they looked really well against Arkansas. So for me, they're clearly the better team. Um, no brainer. In my opinion, I'm going to take Cincinnati over Indiana, try to get these two points back um, to make progress. So a recap on my five wides, 
Clemson taking on Wake Forest, noon kickoff on ABC. I took Clemson. Maryland taking on Michigan, noon kickoff on Fox. I took Michigan. JMU against App State, 3.30 Eastern on ESPN+. Plus. I took App State. Minnesota, Michigan State, 3.30 Eastern on the Big Ten Network. I took Minnesota. And Arkansas, Texas A&M, 7 o'clock kickoff on ESPN. I am taking the Razorbacks because this is an Arkansas podcast. Um, that's it for me. I'm going to now pass the metaphorical microphone over to my buddy, my best friend, my partner in crime, Tyler K. Williams. And I am hoping that he has really good insights, but also has really bad luck with picking five wide games this week. Uh, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at S-D-E-L-A-E-S. You can find my writing at GatorsWire.com. Uh, the napkin will be coming out Friday morning. The recap comes out Monday morning. That's my weekly gambling uh, betting picks for college football courtesy of MG, BetMGM. They are our odds provider at Gators Wire. So, yeah, you can find me in those places. And without further ado, here is Tyler. All right, this is Tyler. And unfortunately, I cannot be recording at the same time as Sergio because of work and life stuff, mostly work on my end, which it's my fault. I don't know. I haven't listened to what he said. So just know that it's my fault, and I apologize, guys. Um, but yeah, uh, week three in the books, silly season off claims another victim, um, Herm Edwards at Arizona State, which is, again, it, it falls in the same category as the Scott Frost thing, where I'm not surprised that it happened, but yet it happening was not something that it had crossed my mind as something that was going to happen, if that makes any sense. Like, he's like, oh, it makes sense. Arizona State fired Herm Edwards. Um, he had not... After, you know, some success early on, he had never really gotten better. Um, and then this is after they lost, I believe, a Mac team. And it seems like he got fired while on the field, which, I mean, brutal. Just brutal. And I don't think anybody really deserves that. But yikes. But then again, you are losing to, like, I think it was like a Mac team. And that's it's not really acceptable. But, um, yeah, I mean, Herm Edwards... Uh, also amidst like a massive investigation, um, which is kind of something that had been said when he took the job. It's like not really the football aspect of it that is the problem. It's how do you know the rules of college football, like recruiting, all that stuff, the things that he's just going to ignore and not follow, and then he's going to get in trouble for those things. It seems like that might have been the possibility. Um, but regardless now, two big Power 5 jobs now open. Um and due to our unorthodox episode structure, no non-five white games really to recap. Although there was some interesting stuff this weekend, but just not really able to put it all together. Just know we watched most of the games. We have thoughts. They will not all get on air. Uh, but moving on to something that will hurt me. Um, number 18, Florida 31, USF 28. Uh, yikes. Florida looked pretty good in the first quarter, in my opinion, even though they made some mistakes. And then just didn't look good. And and Florida is lucky to win this game, to have won this game. USF choked in the friends in the words of my USF friends, they choked. And I agree with them. Florida did not seem like the better team. Um it is it cannot be stated the impact that Ventral Miller not being on that field means for that defense. That defense locked Kentucky up and then was getting pushed around by USF. And there was a huge part of that due to the fact that Ventral Miller was not there on that field. Offensively, Florida's in a tough spot because Anthony Richardson is not playing at the level that I think people expected him to play. Again, it's that weird thing where like he should have been going through these growing pains last year. Not great that his mental health is being affected 
um, by his own mistakes. You want to be a little bit stronger than that. Yet at the same time, I appreciate that he is uh, aware of the, uh, his impact. He, Florida, the offense is not operating at a creative level right now, which is okay. I, I, it's hard for me to, I don't know how to, how to really break that apart because I don't know what's going on in that building. Is it because this roster is so incomplete and so young and they don't feel like they can get the whole playbook in or they don't feel like they can do the things that they want to do because it doesn't look like our tight end room is very good. Uh, we've got good running backs. We know that. Wide receivers are kind of hit and miss. No one like the Kadarius Tony Trivon Grimes level. But, you know, they have some okay ones, and the passing attack can range from absolutely explosive to basically unreliable and a detriment to the, to the game. Um, the only thing we really know is that the rushing attack is good, but that the teams can take that rushing attack. If a team can take that rushing attack away, they can beat us. So USF also was able to just beat us up on the ground. Additionally, I will say the, the big thing in the room for me is that Anthony Richardson's legs are not being utilized. And I don't know what the correct answer to that, the question that that problem uh, poses. Because it has largely been speculated that the reason that they're not running Anthony Richardson as much is because he is kind of trying to avoid injury because he's maybe not 100%. And additionally, the QB depth room is not great. For as much as the struggles, um, for as much as we malign Anthony Richardson, Anthony Richardson for the struggles that he's had, it has been made very clear to us by all the beat reporters that he is so far and away the best quarterback that is on the roster. And additionally, the one that is usually supposed to be behind him is injured. So our, our backup, our QB2, is a freshman quarterback in Jalen Kitna. So it's this razor's edge you have to walk between being like, you need to use your legs in order for um, to win the game. But if you don't use those legs smartly or something crazy happens, you kind of forfeit your ability to win pretty much every game down the line. So I don't really know what the answer is here. Um, the running, here's what we know about this team. When Venture Mill is on the field, huge uh, change in the defense. And the rushing attack on the offense is great. I don't know what else we can really confidently say about this team. My, I thought that this was going to be a get right game and it was anything, but it was a clencher. It was down to the wire. We should, Florida should not have won this game. They did. Um, so credit in a way to Billy Napier. And I really don't, this is not really me bringing any, um, criticism on Billy Napier because it's early and winning a top 10 game at home in his first start in his first co uh, game as coach really shot expectations out of whack um and for for this team and for the tenure and i think i still think he's the guy for the job i have no doubt in my mind about that but i think we just have to reframe what we think about this team and again Anthony richardson is going through his growing pains he's not started often as a college quarterback he should have been going through those last year but he's going through them this year so we'll see how it goes um moving on to five wide um we'll kind of blow through some of these quickly uh, for week three, but uh, number six, Oklahoma 49, Nebraska 14. Both Sergio and I get the points for that because we're not stupid. Um, I genuinely, I'm going to be completely honest because I hadn't watched a single bit of Oklahoma before this, like a real, real bit. Uh, I totally forgot that Dylan Gabriel had transferred to Oklahoma. Feeling much better about them as a program today because I remembered that. Um, Nebraska's bad, but they fired their coach already, so I don't really know what else there is to take away from that. Um 
and Oklahoma. Offense actually looks good. Jeff Levy's doing a good job there. Defense obviously looks improved. Um, so, I mean, good things. Good things. I mean, I've got nothing but good things to say about Oklahoma. Moving on, uh, number 12, BYU, 20, uh, Oregon, number 25, Oregon, 41. Uh, I get the point for that um, because, I don't know, I mean, the, the Ducks is one of those things where the Ducks proved that they were more talented. And it was just, this is the tough thing that Oregon has struggled with sometimes because they are more talented than most of the people that they play. And they seem to forget to flex that. And today they flexed it over a good BYU team. But uh, good on Oregon. I uh, didn't get to watch much of this game this weekend, but um, good on them. Number 22, Penn State, 41, Auburn, 12. Sergio got a point for that. I didn't because for some reason, I thought it'd be a good idea to trust the Auburn Tigers. And I, me, was wrong. Uh, Penn State, just yikes. Uh, Penn State, I wouldn't even say looked that good. And Penn State just kicked him to the curb. Auburn had no answers after like the first quarter. Um it is strange for me to say that I think Auburn still would be better if Bonex was their, was their quarterback. They would still not be good. I want to clarify that. And not that TJ Finley is bad, but it also maybe maybe I should rephrase this. Maybe just Brian Harson's not that good. Um, everybody's kind of thinking that. I, I maybe low. Maybe I'm late to the bus, but um, yeah, Auburn. Yikes, not good. All right, moving on. Number eleven, Michigan State, twenty-eight. Washington, thirty-nine. Neither of us got points for this. But, boy, I can tell you Tyler's happy because, I mean, I am floored at Washington Washington put on tape here. Um, I expected more out of Michigan State, and I don't think they played terribly, but Washington just put it on them. They had had an offense that was operating at all levels. Michael Penix Jr., loved to see him doing well in a new system um, and at a new place. He's been one of our favorites since uh, Indiana, and... uh, He's looked good. Passing attack looked great. They were winning at all levels. This looked like Washington football again. And you know, I have a brand on this show, and Washington football fan is is one of those things. Washington Husky sympathizer. I'm pointing to myself. You can't see it. That is also one of the things that I am. So this is good. Um, honestly, I think Michigan State makes that score look closer than it was. Michigan State was not in this game past you know the first couple drives, in my opinion. Washington was taking it to them, especially at the end of the first half. Yeah, um, but good on the Huskies. I'm excited to watch them this season. And last but not least, number 13, Miami, with a score of 9 uh, against number 24, Texas A&M, with a score of 17. Neither of us got the points because we uh, picked Miami. Now, how do I say this? I think that I came away from this game thinking less of both teams. I don't think any higher of Texas A&M. They are exactly what I thought it was. I I will say I was disappointed in Miami's inability to conjure more offense out of a good quarterback that they have. Um, nine points. And Texas Texas A&M's defense is not bad, but Texas A&M in in a Jimbo fashion they got seventeen points. That took them all four quarters to get seventeen points. It wasn't easy. Uh, it wasn't because Miami was playing the greatest defense on you know. Miami's defense wasn't playing the greatest defense on earth. Um, Texas A&M often struggled, and they got 17 points. Miami's got nine. Which, shout out to the Texas A&M defense, but Miami, I'm really disappointed in you. Um, I know it was on the road, but the inability to conjure more offense, it's that's not looking good. So we'll see how this we'll see how this plays out. I'm interested to watch Miami. 
Because again, it's also, I still think Miami will win most of their games, but this was disappointing from them. All right, moving on to two points. Uh, I picked Mississippi State six, uh, over LSU. Score was Mississippi State 16, LSU 31. So I didn't get any points. So LSU won this game by double digits. And I think for about 85% of it looked like they were going to lose. Mississippi State was in control of this game for almost all of it until turnovers, turnovers, turnovers put them in bad situations. LSU got some big plays. And then all of a sudden, Mississippi State's down double digits with six minutes to go. And they start throwing interceptions. And I still think, you know, Mississippi State is a quality team. And they, they put them on it early. But it is a little bit, the air rate is great. Um, but there was an aspect that I keep getting reminded of that part of the air raid requires your receivers to be able to make plays. And yes, like the air raid can move the ball with anyone, like literally anybody playing receiver. But there was a, a lot of their touchdowns and their big plays came from their receivers in a pass-heavy offense making plays. And they stopped making plays in the second half of the game. And LSU, I don't, LSU, I don't think is good. I'm still not there yet. But they, they came back and won this game with some big plays. So good on them. Um, yeah, moving on. Sergio, he picked uh, North Dakota State over Arizona. North Dakota State scored 28. Arizona scored 31. i got to be completely honest. Didn't watch a second of this game. Uh, but I'm glad that it worked out in my favor. Uh, I'm very surprised that Arizona won this game because North Dakota State is a good football team. And Arizona, quite frankly, is very much not. Um, but that's really all I have to say about that because, unfortunately, just being honest, didn't watch any of this game. Um, score to date. I'm up 13, Sergio 8. I'm up 5 points. Feels good. Feels like old times. Feel like I can, I uh, might be talking some smack, but I feel like I can, uh, I got something going for me. Um, I think I'm going to reclaim the title this year. Knock on wood. That was me knocking on wood. All right. Moving on to this upcoming week. Uh, Florida is taking on number 11, Tennessee, at Tennessee, 330 CBS and also the college game day site cue the home depot music um college game day is going to be at tennessee for this game which just makes me feel so much better about the way it's gonna go for us um there was a report that steve spurrier who grew up in tennessee and obviously coached for florida and had a you know history in tennessee it was a report that he was going to be the guest picker that has since been refuted now it has not been announced who is going to be the guest picker for this game. But I have not seen Steve Spurrier be, be that. Now, he could be. I think it'd be a little weird because you typically have somebody sympathetic for the home team at these events. Steve Spurrier would not be that. Um, but we'll see how it goes. What am I looking for in the game? Let's talk about the actual game. Boy. Um, I'm still not a believer in Tennessee, so what everything I'm about to say is more of a reflection of what I think of the Gators and not what I think of Tennessee. Let's just let's start off with what we know. Tennessee can move the ball at explosive rates. They don't necessarily do it consistently, in my opinion, as the pick game proves, but they can move that thing. And Hendon Hooker has been good for them lately. Florida on defense with Ventral Miller. If Ventral Miller plays, this is a game that because Florida can they've got somebody on defense and they've got some corners. Like passing attack has not really necessarily been the biggest problem with this defense, in my opinion. What do we know about the offense? Florida has an amazing running game. That is all that you can for sure say that they're good at. 
Anthony Richardson is better early in games than he is late, in my opinion. And he's better when he gets to use his leg than he, he doesn't. I think if Florida wants to win this game, they have got to attack with the run. And I don't know if Tennessee's defense can stop a Florida running attack. That's going to be the big question, in my opinion. Because Florida's defense against Tennessee's passing attack, I don't know. I mean, eventually that dam is going to break, and Tennessee's going to get their points. The thing is, if Florida wants to win this game, they have to do ball control. they got to run the football. they got to run it effectively. And they got to just hold the ball for much of the game. Make those possessions count. Use the legs of your quarterback. But even beyond that, stick to the run. Do it well. Blow your opponent off the ball. That is how Florida's going to win this game if they do. What do I think will happen? Unfortunately, and I really, I like, my skin is crawling as I say this. I think I'm going to have to go with Tennessee because I still believe that we could beat Tennessee and I still think the Florida Gators can beat Tennessee. I don't think Tennessee is unbeatable. But Tennessee having the home field advantage and so far looking like the better team or at least the very, the more explosive team gives them the edge in my opinion because the Gators in the last two games have shown that when they get into a hole, they don't necessarily have the ability to bring themselves out of it. Tennessee has shown the opposite. Tennessee will get into a hole like that, like like it's nothing. But they've got the offense to get themselves out of that hole. Florida, Florida's got to stay ahead of schedule. Florida can't fall behind. Florida doesn't have the ability to get back into a game if it starts getting out of hand, in my opinion. For that situation, I think I'm going to have to go to Tennessee. And I, I hate it, and I'm moving on because I don't want to talk about it anymore. Um, five wide. It's so, by the way, side note, it's so funny doing this and uh, not really knowing what Sergio said. So I'm very interested to see how these uh, sync up. Uh, but moving on, five wide. First game, uh, number five, Clemson playing number 21, Wake Forest, uh, 12 o'clock on ABC. Now, I like Wake Forest, and I think Sam Hartman's back, and that's huge for them. But um, I'm still going to go Clemson because even though I don't love their offense, that, that Clemson defense, man. Oh, my, that Clemson defense stop um they're still very talented and i think they'll still be able to like basically run the ball enough to win this game so i'm gonna go with clemson all right moving on maryland versus the number four michigan wolverines at noon on fox big uh big game fox big noon game okay i don't i gotta be honest i don't really know much about maryland at all and i don't think michigan is as good as they were last year but there ain't no way I'm taking anybody but Michigan. Um, yeah. I'm not a real big believer in the Wolverines, but I'm I'm, I'm going to go with them. I'm going to go with them. Uh, all right, yeah, moving on. Oh, I like this game. James Madison versus App State. 3.30 on ESPN+. Plus. First of all, absolute shame. You have to go to ESPN+, Plus to get this game. Uh, absolute outrage. Um, James Madison, historically good at the level that they play at. App State, historically good. That's it. That's a sentence. It's historically good. App State has had a wild couple weeks. Uh, upset Texas A&M. Almost got upset themselves by Troy, but somehow, in a freaking miracle, beat Troy. Do they have it in them to win another one um, when everything's been going so crazy? You know... I'm going to believe. I'm going to believe in the Appalachian State Mountaineers. Um, and Sergio did too, apparently. But uh, I'm going to believe in them because I, I like where this I – like, I believe in Chase Bryce, you know, at, at App State. I got to make a distinction. Uh, I believe in this team. I believe that this this team's going to – they they overcame their hurdle last week. And 
there's two schools of thought. They can either get get bit by the two weeks of solid straight emotion, or maybe they're behind the craziest part of it, and now they're just playing football, and now now they lock in. We'll find out. Moving on. Minnesota against Michigan State, 330 on Big Ten Network. Uh, I know I just talked about how Washington just took uh, Michigan State to the woodshed, even though the schedule doesn't um, you know, reflect it, and Washington just absolutely demolished them. Uh, I'm going with Michigan State uh, over Minnesota. I trust I trust Mel Tucker more than I trust uh, what's going on over at Minnesota. Not that I have a problem with it or anything, uh, but you know, I think – that Michigan State game against Washington was more about how good Washington was, not about Michigan State's situation. So I'm going to go with Michigan State on this one. And Sergio went with Minnesota, so we're going to have our first little uh, disagreement of this week. Uh, moving on to uh, last game of five five wide. The number 10 Arkansas Razorbacks against the number 23 Texas A&M Aggies. 7 o'clock, ESPN. Oh, buddy. There's a part of me that hates the fact that this game is in Dallas because it should be home and home. But it's kind of cool that it's in Dallas, too. By the way, a uh, friend of the pod, uh, Courtney Mims, who covers the Arkansas Regis Rex, will be at this game in Dallas. So, um, Courtney, hope you're, it's all going well. Uh, and, you know, I picked against Texas A&M last week. It, it seems that whatever I picked to happen in a Texas A&M game doesn't happen. I picked them to beat App State. They didn't do it. Picked them to lose to Miami. They beat Miami. I still don't believe in them the way I believe in Arkansas. And let's be clear. Arkansas almost lost to Missouri State last week, which is not good. Also because it would have been their coach by Bobby Petrino, and that just would have been funny. But, uh, yeah, so I still believe in Arkansas. Arkansas's explosive capabilities, uh, Arkansas's defense, everything about the way Arkansas is built – Texas A&M, a little bit sturdier and more talented from a like stars perspective, but I mean, still the wins they have, they've scraped together. Arkansas's wins are legit, so I'm gonna go with Arkansas Razorbacks um, because you know they're more fun, and that means a lot to me. All right, two point. Uh, let's see what does Sergio pick. Oh look, Cincinnati over Indiana, three thirty on ESPN two. Uh, hey, nine win Deanna is in jeopardy with this. So uh, I hope you're wrong. Not because of the point situation, just because of nine win Deanna. But it will be interesting to see because Cincinnati, uh, Cincinnati, uh, I remember it was a good game last year. They Cincinnati beat them. Uh, Indiana might have a chance to uh, remedy it this year. I think Cincinnati is going to win too, but we'll see. And then for my two point pick, there are a lot of good games this week, but. Good in the sense that they'll be fun to watch, but a lot of them I see going the way of the chalk, you know, the way that they're supposed to. One that I'm very interested in, another one of my brand teams, but the one I'll be taking, is Iowa State over Baylor. I'm going to take Iowa State to beat the Baylor Bears. Even though the Baylor Bears are ranked 17, I'm going to take Iowa State. It's at noon on ESPN2 um, because I, I believe in Iowa State and I believe in Matt Campbell. And uh, Matt Campbell, please don't go to Nebraska. Um yeah, please don't. And also, a funny thing I saw, the, just a complete side note, I saw Nebraska fans talking about getting Lance Leopold and then Kansas fans being like, oh, he's only like, um, he's like 4-10 and 10 in his last, you know, two, you know, two seasons and he's only like uh, beaten like one Big Ten team, one uh, Big 12 team or something crazy like that, skewing the statistics to make it look like he wasn't good. 
not that he's been great and Kansas is just historically bad. Uh, a plus on you, Kansas fans. Uh, I wouldn't want to go to Nebraska. I wouldn't want Lance Leipold to go to Nebraska either if I was you. Um, but I, I hope I, I like Matt Campbell at Iowa State. Hope he stays forever, and uh, I'm, I'm loving what he does. So this might be a stupid pick, but I'm gonna go with Iowa State over Baylor. And uh, Baylor's good. I want to clarify, Baylor's good. I was really upset that they uh, let Gary Bohannon go to the USF because that almost uh, almost messed with us. But uh, Baylor's pretty good, so I think this will be a good game. So I'm excited to watch it. Um, that'll kind of do it for our five way and two point this week. Uh, so just to recap, um, yeah, five way and two point for this week. Uh, Sergio and I both have Clemson over Wake Forest. Uh, Sergio and I both have Michigan over Maryland. We both have App State over James Madison. Sergio is going with Minnesota. Uh, I'm going with Michigan State in their game against each other. And then both of us have picked Arkansas to beat the uh, Texas A&M Aggies. Uh, additionally, on two points, Sergio has picked Cincinnati over Indiana. And me, Tyler, has picked Iowa State over Baylor. Uh, very excited for this week. Unfortunately, I will not get to watch a lot of these games live because um, a show that I work on, a redacted show, um, is doing a little... Uh, our bosses are giving us a little present, and we're going to a theme park for the day. Um, so I'll be I'll be plugged in, but I don't, won't get to watch them as often as I want. And switching over to the professional side of things, um, I'm sure Sergio talked about the Dolphins, and if he didn't, I'm shocked because I think he should have because... Uh, my boy is, uh, he has the receipts for the two I hate. Um, I'm, and I'm just at least happy for him to, uh, get to express that. Um, also the Jaguars look good, which is scary. Um, and this Sunday I'll be going to the Jaguars chargers game here in Los Angeles. So, uh, I'm, uh, now somehow optimistic for that. And, uh, that's scary to me, but we'll see how it goes. It should be a fun weekend of football. We're starting to get in it, you know? Um, and, uh, I don't know. It's getting week four. Uh, means we're almost uh, we're almost a quarter of the way there. Jeez, that's crazy. Uh, but yeah, um, excited for the week ahead, and excited to hopefully get back to a more normal recording setup for you guys next week. But hopefully that happens. Regardless, um, love all you guys. Uh, this has been another episode of Sideline Judgment. Uh, his name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And uh, we're, don't forget, we're not biased, but go Gators.